Okay, now how was the court of inquisition formed? The court of inquisition had two inquisitors, both answerable only to the king. They were appointed only by the king of Portugal. They were not answerable to the Archbishop of Goa. They were not answerable even to the Viceroy of Goa, who was the highest secular authority of Goa. They had uh, uh, their appointments was from the Pope, but they were answerable only to the king. The aim of the court of inquisition was to punish new Christians who practice the customs and traditions of their erstwhile faiths, be it Jewish, Muslim or Hindu. It is true that the court of inquisition was meant for the new Christians who kept lapsing back to the ways of their old faith. But the inquisition also had the powers to punish any Hindu who would stop or who was perceived as somebody who tried to stop a conversion. So, a grandfather who would send his grandchild to the mainland because he did not want the child to get Christian instructions, that grandfather, Hindu grandfather, the inquisitor could uh, just arrest the grandfather and imprison him. Such people, Hindus were not killed, but Christians could be killed, the Jewish people who had embraced Christianity could be killed, Muslims who had embraced Christianity could be killed, but these people could be tortured, they could be beaten or they could be sent off to Portuguese, other Portuguese colonies as slaves, the Hindus. So, what were the offences that made neo-Christians liable to be arrested by the court of inquisition? You must be wondering, right? What were the big offences? The offences were there was an edict published by the court of inquisition which lists the offences liable. There are some 56 offences. I cannot list all of them, but I will narrate some of them. The list is very comprehensive and it lists offences like distribution of widow, which is betel leaves. So, for any auspicious function, Hindus distribute betel leaves. But Hindus who had become Christians, they could not use betel leaves in any form. If they were caught doing that, they could be arrested by the court of inquisition. Having a Tulsi plant anywhere in their entire property, not just in the Vrindavan, not just outside their homes, but in their entire property, even if it was a wild growing Tulsi plant, they were liable to be arrested. Singing traditional songs called Vovyo, which the Hindus used to sing during weddings. Anointing a bridegroom or bride with haldi and coconut milk as a part of the ceremony. Celebrating sixth day ceremony, which is a big thing still in Goa and Maharashtra, where they say that uh, the goddess of destiny comes and writes the child's future. So, people used to keep a vigil when the new baby was born. So, anybody who kept vigil on sixth day of birth would be liable to be arrested. Holding of a feast in the memory of their dead ancestors, that's Shraddha. Using cow dung to polish the floor or walls of their houses. Cooking rice without salt. Observing fasts on certain days of the week or on eclipses, men wearing dhoti either in public or in private, attending Christian festivals or processions wearing Hindu apparel like uh, saris or dhotis, wearing a bindi or wearing sandalwood paste on their uh, forehead, using Hindu musical instruments like cymbals and celebrating traditional harvest festivals like shigmo. All of these were considered huge crimes and for any, even a single one of these crimes, you could be arrested. Now, witnesses were encouraged to denounce Christians who had uh, relapsed into heresy. So, again, as I said, there was no onus on the witnesses to prove anything. So, if you did not like somebody, you could just go to the court of inquisition and say that 
you know what this person was seen uh, bowing before an idol and the court of inquisition would come and arrest that person any person could report a neo christian of having committed any of these offenses the witnesses were neither required to substantiate the charge or curse the accused in effect anybody could report anyone the court of inquisition would then arrest the person take him away from their family and immediately the first thing that they would do is to seize all property of that person so part of that property would actually go to the witnesses who denounce that person and part of it would go to the crown and uh, to torture was used by the inquisition to obtain confessions there were two kinds of tortures mainly torture of pole pole or torture of pulleys where the victim would be suspended mid air with weights on his feet the weights would be increased till the victim couldn't bear it any more and confessed there was a water torture torture of potro where the victim was placed on a port or a kind of a slanted trestle where the head was placed lower than the body and iron band around the throat kept the person's head immovable while tight cords cut deeply into his or her flesh an iron prong forcibly kept the mouth open as water was poured into the person's mouth and nose to strangle and suffocate the victim this was repeated several times till the victim confessed there were other tortures like putting candles in the armpits like beatings you name it everything was there women were subjected to even worse tortures you can imagine what they were like the archbishop of evra a portuguese archbishop had remarked in a speech that the inquisitors went to the length of imprisoning in its jail women who resisted their advances and after having satisfied their bestial instincts ordering that they may be burnt at stake as heretics the worst torture the final torture was of course burning them alive at uh, public events called auto da fe meaning trial by fire these auto da fe's were held once a year or maybe once in two years where people who had not confessed and people who were convicted of heretical crimes were actually burnt alive at stake 